Okay, welcome to another episode of Point of More Returns. I am your gracious host, the masked investor, and with me we have Welfare. Welfare, how are things going today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to this pod in particular, man. How are things going your way? Yeah, things are going good for me as well. I am too. I'm looking forward to today's pod because for today's pod, we are going to walk through the process of screening for deals for real estate transactions to start this off. This is one of a series of two where we'll be walking through how we do an initial screening for real estate deals through different various brokerages or different platforms on the web. Well, Fair is going to take us through that today. So we're going to hand it off. We're going to start off with you. So go ahead and talk to us a little bit about your process. Yeah. Like you said, we want to walk through a couple of deals, right? So the main thing is before I even start looking at deals, and we've hinted at this and talked about this in one of our other pods, is just having some type of investment thesis and having an investment checklist. Just a look into what a, what items are on my checklist when I'm looking for real estate deals. Is I'm usually looking for deals that fit a certain dollar amount, like a dollar criteria, be it anywhere between fifty thousand to five hundred thousand for SFR single family residences. Uh, excuse me, three bedroom properties. I prefer ranches and them being built within the past 25 years. So once I have, and there's a lot of other criteria, but just for the sake of time, like just go with like those items that we just mentioned. I'll use a lot of different resources to try to like send me deals, whether it's just me looking on a real estate aggregator site, like a realtor.com or Zillow, or I'll have agents send me deals or I'll use like some type of software I could potentially reach out for off, off market deals as well. So in this particular example, just picked a random state. I don't have any properties in this state, but I picked Dallas, Texas as the location. Found one that fits the criteria. It's built in the year 2000. It's a three bedroom, two bath. It has at least thousand square feet, which is something that is also one of the criteria that I have. And it's listed at 179.9, so let's just say 180,000. So one of the main rules of thumb in real estate, rental investing specifically for me, like turnkey buy and hold real estate is what they call the 1% rule. With this 1% rule, again, it's a rule of thumb. It, it won't necessarily fit every type of investment, but it is a guide that will allow you to quickly determine if the deal is gonna make money or not, if, you're, if it's gonna cash flow, is what I mean by that. So if the asking price is 180, 80,000, 1% of that is 1,800. So I know the gross rent on this particular property needs to be at least, at least 1,800. So there are a lot of ways to determine if that is even like in the ballpark of market rent for this particular. You can use other sites like apartments.com, Rental meter is one, and I'm using all of these companies. And this is not a solicitation, not an ad, or anything like that. It's just some of the software that I actually use to analyze deals. So if I do get a sense of it's within range of what I believe the gross rents are. I can kind of dig in a little bit deeper, but if not, then I know this won't the initial screen and I'll go to look at the next property. Texas specifically, we know, well, from research that I've done, Texas is a little bit different than some states. Like one, because there's no income tax, state income tax, which is great. But one of the ways that Texas recaptures some of that is property taxes are usually a little bit higher in general. So if you're looking at a deal, you need to make sure you account for that. There are a lot of ways. So I'll go through that really quick. 
in terms of looking at all the expenses determine if this thing is in the cash flow. So now we already talked about the gross rent, right? Are you going to have property management? What do they typically charge anywhere between seven and 10%? So you have to account for that. You're going to need insurance, especially if you're financing the deal. You can get quotes for the insurance. You can also get pre-approved, which is more than likely if you're using a realtor, they want you to get pre-approved before they even go showing you properties. So now after you get pre-approved, you have a pretty good idea of what the down payment requirement is. It's investment property, generally speaking, is usually at least 20%. Like lenders are usually doing 80% LTV, meaning 80% of the loan, 80% loan to value. They'll provide 80% of the money so you can purchase the property and you have to put 20% down. So with that, you'll have an idea once you speak to the lender, you go through that process, you'll have some type of idea what the interest rate is. That's also going to impact what your payments are. So now we have the insurance. We talked about the interest rate, which impacts and the down payment, which also impacts the mortgage payment. And is there going to be a property manager? And then is the property is it within a neighborhood that has an HOA? Have to account for that as well. And then the taxes, you can go look at your local county tax records and see what they were last year. You need to make some type of forecast for what you think there will be the upcoming year. So inflation, generally speaking, is forecast in the financial model anywhere between two, 3%. So you could just use that general idea or you can do a little bit further analysis and do some type of determination of, okay, what do we believe the taxes are, like the tax growth is, and you can look at the properties, taxes from previous years to try to get an idea of what the percentage has been historically. You could do that as well. Just an idea. So now you're equipped with all the idea for the expenses. And now you'll see if this thing is going to cash flow, like with the net NOI, net operating income. And from there, you'll be able to get the cap rate. And the cap rate is anywhere between generally, let's say eight to 10%. It's a pretty decent deal. Anything over 10% is probably a pretty good deal. But with this one, I would have to pull up the rents to see if I'll get that 1800, that threshold. And then if it does, I'll dig deeper and start going through all of that analysis that I just detailed. So I spoke a lot. I'll pass it back to you, see if you have any questions for me, but that's essentially how I do my initial screen on a real estate deal. So you do all of that just from looking at the initial property listing when you come across it on like a Zillow or a MLS service? I look at I look at the very initial screen before I do any type of Excel calculation, I'll look at asking price and then I'll go check to see what the rents are. And that's after the properties already met my criteria in terms of, okay, how many bedrooms does it have? What year is it built? What condition is the property? The area, is that an area I'm looking to invest? Can I get property management set in place? So a lot of the operational things I'll look at in addition to will like it give me the financial return that's required. Like I'll do that in tandem. Okay. So you do all of that in tandem to get an initial screen and feel for what the property is going to warrant additional looks. Okay. So let's pull up a property in real time. Yeah, that. sure. Okay. So do you want to take the honors and I don't want to use the, um, I don't want to put the actual address, just send it to me in the chat and I'll pull it up and I'll describe whatever. So this is pretty much what we're doing is he's sending me a deal like sight unseen for me to just analyze while we're on like the pot of freestyling pretty much potential deal, potential deal. All right, check it out there. We've got one for you hot off the presses. Okay, this is, like I said, sight unseen. So 
Okay, I will say some things about it. It's located in major metro city. It's in Georgia. This is a two one, and it's the asking price is fifty five thousand. I actually like the way that it looks. It's all brick. Looks like it's built in nineteen seventy two. Right off the bat, it doesn't meet my investment criteria because it's a two one, and then I don't have an idea. It doesn't have the, the square footage listed, but. For the sake of the pod and us talking about a deal, let me just click through. So there are only two photos. The two photos that are present, it looks pretty good. Retained. Again, the asking price is 55000 So we need to rent for at least $550, which I'm pretty sure at that low of a rate, it probably would cash flow. And I would just pretty much go through that. I don't even need to check rent, rental meter or apartments.com. I know it'll 550 is like pretty low, unless there's something going on that's abnormal on this particular street. And if the property is well-maintained, unless it's like a lot of like work that needs to go into it, it's a cash flow. But this is with the assumption of it's a turnkey property, meaning there's not a lot of rehab or renovation work that's required but this house looks pretty good let me just read a little bit more about it yeah it says it's well maintained so this is when i would actually reach out to a real estate agent and have them schedule an appointment so i can actually take a look at it okay exterior landscape property taxes yeah a monthly carrying charge is 675 covers hvac i'm not familiar with that that's something that i would so in the description oh i see okay this is a key detail so this is South Atlanta Co-op. It says it's a cooperative. Okay. So what that means is with these types of properties, usually they don't even allow like investors to come in. They usually want people that are going to occupy the properties themselves. Okay. So based on the rules and the agreement within the co-op, they usually don't even allow investors. So I wouldn't be able to get this deal anyway. <laughs> Okay. But in terms, let's say that doesn't, this would be an excellent deal just based on the assumptions that we have right now. So this is, this would be one, even though it doesn't fit the investment criteria, I still would do the research on it just to see, you don't. so you want to have investment criteria and you want to pretty much stick to that, but you don't want to be so beholden to what your investment criteria is. You miss a great opportunity because initially when I started like investing, I said I only wanted standalone single family residences or either multi families, right? Now in the portfolio, I actually have two townhouses and I opted to do the townhouses because they were good deals and they fit all of the other like criteria, even having HOA. So yeah, I just, I didn't want to miss up, pass up or miss out on a, on a good deal. So the investment checklist that I'm saying that you should definitely create, I think of it as more so a guide, not 100% rules to live by and don't color outside of the lines because you could, it could be a really good deal that you're passing out just because you said, oh, I would never get anything but a condo or I'm just using that as an example, but what, whatever it is. But outside of this being a co-op, going back to the property you sent, this would have been like an excellent deal. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that because it's a co-op you have to at least the ones that i've looked at in in this this region usually you have to live within the property okay i don't know if you want to send me another one or you want to take a look at some like private businesses or no today is just specifically focused on the real estate we'll follow up with the private businesses on another podcast got it we'll just take a trip down into a more current market rated home and let's see what your thoughts are on this property here okay okay so we're looking at another property site unseen 
Okay, so let's take a look at this one. This is also in Metro, like Atlanta area. This one's built 1962. Based on the photos, this looks like a complete rehab. Pictures are really nice. It's a four bedroom, three bath. 1700 square feet so one acre let me go to the overview read about it have a lot of detail which is too much to read some of it is just very qualitative but sometimes you can find some really good information in the overview to help you determine if this is a deal you should pursue or not okay so the asking price is a little over three hundred thousand. so we know like the one percent rule three thousand at least three thousand that you would need to be able to get for this property. My gut reaction is that's probably a little bit high, but I still would need to run it through to see what the actual rents are. So let me just pull up. We're doing this real time. So I'm actually gonna look at this deal right now, type it in. And it's a four bedroom. Okay, so what's coming back is they're saying what they believe for this particular property, the median gross rent is $19.95. So with that, I'm pretty sure it won't cash flow. But I still would run it through the model to see, just so I have an idea of what the numbers are now, where we are today as of this recording, the all-time lows with the interest rates. All-time lows with the interest rates are a thing of the past and Fed has been increasing rates. And from the articles that we both have seen is they'll continue to, in to increase rates up until potentially Q3 of 2023. This is all speculative, like everything that we've read. No one knows for sure what's gonna happen, but that's what some of the economists and some of the leading financial institutions are like predicting. Okay. So with a higher rate, like if primary residences are getting like 6% right now, and again, this is as of this recording, you have a pretty good idea that the investment properties are gonna, the interest rates are gonna be more than primary residences. So at a eight, nine, 10% interest rate on top of what we think the gross rents needs to be, pretty sure that this one won't cash flow. Okay. So I picked the dud, it looks like. This one is dead upon arrival. Well, what's the great point they're making, right? So let me caveat it like this, because what I'm also learning is being in real estate and so many different ways to invest, right? This particular deal doesn't work for what I'm doing in my approach, but I'm pretty sure someone savvy enough that has a different strategy can figure out a way to make this thing work. Like, Maybe you could rent each individual room out to a college student or like assistant living facility or there are just so many different ways that you could try to make it work. But with my particular strategy, it's hands off, it's turnkey properties and it's buy and hold for the long term. So I have a specific investment criteria I'm looking at. So with that, this one doesn't really work, but someone could come in and figure out a way to, to make it work. It looks like it's already been rehab. So the whole fix and flip thing looks like the person who fixed it, they're trying to the flip now and get out. So I'm pretty sure that with that part may or may not work, but there could be some other like strategy to try to make this particular deal work. Okay. Okay. So there could be a strategy to make it work for you, but all in all, this would possibly probably not work. And so it's best to continue with, you wouldn't do any further analysis. It's already met the keel from the initial screen. Yeah, this is initial. This one's done. Now, one, one last thing I just thought about, they could try to Airbnb it, right? It doesn't, based on the photos, it doesn't look 
look like it's within like a looks like it's on a regular street it doesn't look like it's within the community that has the way guidelines so you could potentially try to airbnb it like that might be worth your time but okay understood all right there we have it i didn't want to we just wanted to take you through a few transactions to show you the initial screening process that he undergoes when looking at preliminary transactions before digging in any further deeper. We'll go into a deeper dive at a later point in the episode in another episode. But uh, any parting words you want to share with? Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, so like I said, in, in summary, it's really important to have your investment thesis. How are you going to approach the investment? Like today, we we're talking about real estate. So how are you going to approach trying to obtain the property? and like doing some type of initial screening to get a good idea of if the deal is even worth pursuing and like the 1% rule, that rule of thumb that we just talked about is a really great way to quickly look at a deal. And I still recommend, even if it if you think it doesn't, it's still worth spending maybe a couple more minutes using some type of financial model to determine like what the numbers actually are. Because once you have that, once you have an idea of what the numbers are, you're just armed with so much more information. Like for me, because I look at so many deals, I can just do the 1% rule, but I've seen a lot of investors, especially with new investors, they recommend you just analyze deals for several months before you try to go out and buy anything, right? It's just being armed with that information, you get more comfortable, you gain that knowledge, and then you too will be armed with the necessary, you can go out and get the right deal. Get the right deal. I like that. Get the right deal, not any deal. It sounds like you're advocating like Buffettology or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm definitely falling in line with a lot of the things that Buffett's saying, but I wasn't trying to quote him per se. But yeah, I mean, just you want to you wanna be armed with as much information as possible. And don't get me wrong, like you don't want the analysis paralysis that people always talk about. But for me, like I get confidence in knowing if I'm doing a good deal or not based on just having enough information. And then sometimes you still you just won't know and then even if you run the numbers and everything looks right like something could go wrong so it's just investing like there is risk involved but as long as you are diligent and thoughtful and you try to make the right decisions like over time generally speaking like people there are people that do okay you don't want to lose your shirt that's what we always say on the show don't lose your shirt so this is a way to prevent losing your shirt is do the analysis okay do the analysis so what happens if i grab a deal that's mediocre or that i may not be too hot on but maybe i can squeeze maybe i can squeeze it into the square peg and try, try to, to make, make it, it work. work yeah is that something you <laughs> yeah. advise or do i like no every deal doesn't have to be like a grand slam to your point but if it barely better safe than sorry how would i advise someone kind of what I'm comfortable with in terms of taking a risk is probably a little bit different than what I would advise someone because if I'm giving someone advice, I'm gonna tell them to be a lot more conservative. But yeah, if you're in a financial situation where you've done a couple deals already and you have the financial wherewithal to take on some of the risk, maybe you do like you said, just get a base hit of a deal just to acquire another property or to really get started type thing. But should probably just look for a deal that cash that comfortably cash flows. And when I say comfortably, just an, another general rule of thumb is for property cash flows anywhere between 100, 200 bucks. What I've seen, I've heard other investors 
investors say the same thing. So I didn't make this up or come up with this industry standard. Like I've heard other investors say this, like 100, between 100, 200. And that's not like a ton of money, but over time, like you get the principal pay down, you get potentially, hopefully you get the appreciation as well. And then over time, the rents will increase also. So those are some of the benefits of even if the deal is not just, you're not making it rain with your first deal or a deal that's just like average, like over time, it should give you the type of benefit or return you're looking for if you're like doing all that analysis. And you got it. Okay. All right. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We are signing off and we look forward to seeing you all next month. Have a good one.